He is able to make me what he wants me to be. Amen. As Randy said, a year ago, it was the first meeting of this church in this building. Actually, it was on Sunday, February 14th. And we made it the first year. And we're going to make it many years to come by the will of God and his help. Good morning again. I appreciate you coming here to hear the voice of God, not my voice. So, let's look for the Lord and open our Bibles. Bibles? We have our Bibles because you have to follow me a little bit. Okay, yeah. Bibles and iPhones, please. So, we have to change this thing. (laughs) All right, from now on, we have to get used to that. Uh, I, want, I want to speak to you about uh, the beginning of the church, the new church in the Bible, in the book of Acts. How, uh, what the disciples faced and how they conquered. And if I were to give uh, my uh, little speech here a title, I would... Uh, Call it the courage of the church. The courage of the church. Acts chapter 3. I will read from verse 1 through 9. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. And a certain man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms Of those who were entering the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple. He began asking to receive alms. And Peter along with John fixed his gaze upon him and said. Look at us. And he began to give them his attention. Expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have, I give it to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. And with a leap, he stood upright and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking, praising God. This was a miracle. Wouldn't you say so? God wanted to encourage the beginning of the church, the first century church. And the Lord 
was with them. They didn't have silver. They didn't have gold. But they have something mightier than silver or gold. The one who created the world. The one who made this world in one word. Jesus Christ in his name. This lame man stood up and walked. And you know what? If it were a a normal physician or a doctor. I respect and love doctors. They take care of us. He would have given him some pills and say, okay, go try these pills and rest for a couple of weeks and or a couple of months. And he would have given him some stretcher, stretcher to walk on and you have to eat this and not to eat that and be careful about what you do. And then we'll see, we'll look at you later on and see if you can uh, walk a little bit. No, the name of Jesus make people walk. Not only walk, he was leaping He was leaping and jumping from one place to another. Can you imagine a man after 40 years begging and sitting there with no strength in his legs, standing up and then walking and after walking, leaping. And that's what God does into the life of every person who comes to him. You do not go and and just barely walk. You will start leaping because the weight of sin is, is gone and your heart is already with Jesus and the joy comes into your life and you start jumping from joy that God gives into your life and soul. That's what God does. What happened? What happened after this? Peter did not stand there. They asked, what did you do? How did it happen? You see, this is something new in the history of the church. How did it happen? And Peter seized the opportunity and gave them a wonderful sermon. It was actually his second sermon. The first sermon, the Lord saved 3,000 people. And during their meetings, he added another 2,000. Now they have some, they have people. The church is growing. And he started talking to them. And while he was addressing mainly the Jews... In, the, in Solomon's portico, there in the temple, and they didn't like it. The Pharisees didn't like it. The scribes didn't like it. The Sadducees didn't like it. The Sadhanrin, the members of the Sadhanrin, the, Jew, the Jewish uh, high authority, they didn't like it. And they, amongst them, started talking about this. If this Man, and if these people are going to continue, and they are going to present this new way, they called it, a new way, and we're going to be in trouble. The best thing is to go and put them in jail. What was their crime, if I, if I may ask you? Raising a man in the power of Jesus and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what? Let's put them in jail. Chapter 4. Verse 1, and as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, for 
it was already evening. You know, one thing I'd like to say, God does not give empty promises. He has acted in the past. He's acting at this very moment in the lives of the early disciples. And what he has done and still doing in the Holy Spirit, he's strengthening them to and give them assurance that telling them that victory is yours, keep doing what you are doing and do not fear the face of any man. We do not deny that Christians face foes and hardships. That's given. We do. We have it. But at the beginning of this, of the ministry of the disciples, we witness a wave of opposition against the early church aiming to destroy it. And you know what? The devil, since the inception of the church, he's aiming to destroy the church. But you know, I would say this, and allow me to say that the devil is a stupid being. Is that a harsh word? Forgive me, Lord. No, I shouldn't ask that. Because he's stupid more than that. Because he, he keeps repeating. He keeps trying and trying and trying to work against the church. And every time he tries, he is defeated. Because we have the promise from the Lord, he says. The Lord himself says, This is my church. Upon this rock I build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Say hallelujah to that. And we're not becoming Pentecostals. Let me assure you of that. He tries and then tries. And he'll never get anywhere. But the Lord wanted to give a new courage to the church. A new courage to these disciples. He just left them. And they had some work to do. They had to uh, replace uh, the Iscariot. And that's a big, big thing. And they had to walk and go around and preach the gospel because he gave them the great mission. Go to the world and preach, teach and baptize without him. He's gone physically. But he said, wait in Jerusalem until you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. They received the Holy Spirit. And now they are empowered. And now they are going forward. And no one is going to stop them. And they thought they will stop them. They put them in jail. Jail cannot hold the word of God. Nor any other power under the sun. As I said, what was their crime? Just healed someone and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. Isn't that what the church is facing today? Preaching the word of God. Announcing his salvation to the whole world. People don't want to hear about it. They'd rather hear about any other God. Than the name Jesus Christ. Christianity today is facing an uphill battle. It has always faced it. But today we see it everywhere. We see churches being 
attacked. Christians dying. And we, there are many Christians who are giving their lives to spread the gospel now. Now, today, in this world of ours. Let me tell you one thing. Let not your hearts faint because the word of God is being spread out all over the world. And the word of God is victorious. And many people are getting saved and coming to the Lord Jesus Christ, confessing their sins and accepting him as Savior. Put them in jail. And can you imagine with me the next morning the Jerusalem Herald, what's it? Peter and John arrested. And then another, the Jerusalem Chronicle says, Peter and John in jail. And the, and the Jews were very happy. Okay, we have two there. We still have about, about nine or ten of them. Once we put them in jail, we will crush Christianity and get done with them. They forgot that 5,000 were saved the day before. They forgot that. That reminds me of the story of Elijah. When he took 450, 450 prophets of Baal and himself single-handedly, he took them on Mount Carmel and he slew them one by one until the voice of the devil came from Jezebel says, wait what I will do with you. Once I put my hands on you, Elijah, I'm, he, got, he, he, he got scared and he ran away until God caught up with him. He said, Elijah. Elijah, you forgot that half 7,000 knees did not yet bow knees. 7,000 prophets did not bow their knees to Baal. Come on, go back to work. And he went back to work and he did a great job for the Lord. Men and women, I said it before from this pulpit. That devil, the moment we put San Ramon Valley Bible Church on that building outside, the devil did not like it. And he started fighting the church. And let me tell you one thing. The more he fought, the better we became. The more he fought, the better Christian we became. The more he fought, the more dedicated we became. And today we are more experienced, more loving, more kind, more Christians than we've ever been in life. Why? Because God is with us. If God is is with us, who can be against us? The devil cannot even enter through these doors. He will sit outside across the street and starts trying to, to do something. But he will never approach you. Because God is with us. Peter defended himself. In jail or out of jail. When they came next morning, he stood up with great courage. And he said this in verse 9 and 10. Chapter 4, 9 and 10. If we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man. As to how this man has been made well. Peter, where did you get this courage? Peter, the ones who denied Christ himself. Peter, what happened? The power of the Holy Spirit. The power of God. Let it be known to all of you. And thank God for Peter. And to all the people of Israel. That by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. Whom you crucified. Whom God raised from the dead. By this name. 
This man stands here before you in good health. That's a stand. That's the stand of the church. That's the courage. And we thank God. Today, if God forbid, if we are to face a situation like this, I tell you one thing, we will stand courageously against the enemy that wants us. And he didn't stop there. He said, I want to get you more. And he added this in verse 12. And there is salvation in no one else. Neither your law, nor your abiding on a daily basis. You are observing the Sabbath. Or you are cleaning your hands. But your hearts are not clean. He was looking at all these elders, Jewish elders. And says, no, there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. There is only one name. There is only one God. The God of heaven on earth. Jesus Christ. His name can save people from their sins. To the gallows. Now what? Peter, what are you going to do? There is no way back. There is no return. You're facing the Sanhedrin. Seventy men. Seventy men. The the council of the Jews. They came. They brought him next morning. Put them in the middle. They sat all around him in their lush seats. And they... He started talking. One thing, one thing they noticed. One thing they noticed about John and Peter. That they were, in verse 13, uneducated, untrained men. Uneducated, untrained men. And they talked like the best educated people. Better than all those people who are in Sanhedrin. The most knowledgeable people in the law. And Peter just put down everything and raised Jesus Christ above them all. You know, my question to you and to myself. How did they know that they were uneducated, untrained yet? They spoke like the greatest lawyers in the world. What happened? Then they came to the conclusion. Number one, they speak a different language than us. Christians, believers should should speak different language than the world. And when we go into the world, how is our language? Would people say, well, they haven't been to a theology school, but they know, they know very well. They know much. They haven't been trained. But how come they speak better than we speak? They didn't go to our Sanhedrin. They didn't go to our theology school. But how come we cannot even answer them? What happened there? They speak the language of Jesus. And... Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, may the Lord use our tongue to speak the language of Jesus Christ. 
They knew them because they had a different language, a different way of speaking. And may God help us that when we are in the world outside and when we're talking to people, we do not move to their turf. We bring them over to our turf. We, didn't, we don't agree with them what they say, but we tell them. We do not share with them their stories, but we tell them the one simple story, Jesus saves. And that's the only story that is so effective and can change lives. Yes, they knew them. And they didn't know what to do with them. They argued. They presented their case. And no one can tell them. And you know what? They had a witness. They had a witness. This man who was saved was standing with them. He was what? Standing. He was not on a stretcher. And most probably he was doing like this with his legs. See? I've been saved. I've been, I've been healed. He was there. Look at this verse. Verse 14. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them. They had nothing to say in reply. When we present the Lord Jesus Christ and his healing power to our souls, people have no legs to stand on. Because when you present that, you present it with the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me assure you of one thing. You will have an impact on any person you speak with about God himself. They might laugh. They might mock. But when you leave their presence, they say, you know what? He's right. You know what? She's right. We are wrong. So, church, keep doing what you're doing. God is adding to our numbers. And God is saving souls. And God is anchoring these souls in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not be afraid and do not fear. Well, it didn't up there. It didn't end up there. They, they checked themselves. These the council says, we don't know what to do. What shall we do? Okay, let's threaten them. Let's threaten them. Let's tell them something. Let's do this. The council decided after so much discussion, to impose a ban on the apostles. You see the difficulties they faced. And the ban says, in uh, verse 17, in order that it may not spread this, this message of theirs, it might not spread any further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to any man in this name. Oh, the name of Jesus. Scares everybody. I have watched many. I think you agree with me. When you mention the name of Jesus, people just... Uh, yeah. <coughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. You mention the name of any other God. Buddha. Oh, yeah? Okay, what's about Buddha? People would discuss it. But the name of Jesus, they don't want. Have you noticed? If someone of those football players, and he's supposed to, he's happened to be a Christian, and you've, you've seen it, said, you won the game. What, what, what do you credit that winning the game for? And if he says, and I've heard it before, 
I create the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, the camera is still there. But try to watch it next day. No cameras and no film and no nothing about that. Why? Because the name of Jesus. But if you, and then if they mention any other thing, any other name, it's okay. If they discuss any other God, it's okay. If they discuss any other subject, it's okay. But the subject of Jesus Christ today is the media. Move away from it. Let us tell them. It's the same thing. Let us warn them. Let us warn them to speak no more to any man in this name. Let's impose the ban. In many countries today, there's a ban on preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank God for our country. We have no ban. And he, if someone else puts a ban, we will banish him. Ah. God knows. There's freedom in this country. And let us pray that we'll still have it until the Lord returns. They put a ban on them. And the disciples were affirming that they did not have a power to keep silent. So you put a ban, but we don't have that power to keep silent. Did you hear this? H.G. Uh, Wells once said, The trouble with so many people is that the voice of their neighbors sounds louder in their ears than the voice of God. May God help us. Peter then answered, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. We reject the ban. We reject to be limited. We reject to be controlled. We have freedom in Christ. Freedom to preach. Freedom to speak. And we are continue doing this until he returns. Some said of John Knox that he feared God so much that he never feared the face of any man. That's for us. A papal envoy having threatened Martin Luther by saying that his followers were deserting then asked Luther, then where will you be? Luther replied, then as now, I will be in the hands of God. We cannot stop speaking. Even with the ban. And then they didn't know because of the, the people. 500 people that day got saved. More. They've added to their numbers. Said so we can't control it. That church is going forward. Even with that kind of problems that they're facing. You know what? They let them go. But they told them, next time, we'll get you. They left. How did the apostles react? How did the apostles react? Let's look at verse 21. Verse 21. 
And when they had threatened them further, they let them go because they have found no basis on which they might punish them on account of the people because they were all glorifying God for what had happened. Where did they go? And when they had been released, they went to their own companions. Where did they go? Hello, mayor. Let's call the mayor. They're going to put us in jail again. Let's call the governor. Let's call someone to help us. Let's call, let's call, I mean, there are some people, at least we've, we should have had some lawyers amongst those people. Let's go and, and consult someone. No, they didn't want to consult anybody. They went to their companions. Who do you think were their companions? Help me out. Those Christians, amen. Those Christians, the disciples, and the Christians who got saved, who knew the meaning of the power of freedom, of the power of God. They went to them and they told them. What did they tell them here? And reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Oh, people sometimes, they tell us, you tell each other everything. Well, okay, we don't sweep anything under the carpet. Let me tell you that. The good things and the painful things. We do. Why? Because this is the family of God. And when we don't go outside, we go to God all ourselves. We bow on our knees and present the situation to God. And guess what? We have never, God have never disappointed us. Have you been disappointed walking with Christ? No. They, they, there. Who were they? They're people just saved. They're just saved. And what did they do? What did they do here? Uh, here it is. They called for a prayer meeting. <laughs> Doesn't, isn't that something that we do here? They called for a prayer meeting. They said, let's go for a prayer meeting. I still have a couple of minutes. And they were to this. They, they called. And then what? They, and the Lord took note of what they presented. What a church. The way. And you know what? And that blessed my heart when I was studying the subject. And it showed us that we are a copycat of the early church. And may God keep us this way. May God keep us this way. We don't have, uh, we don't have a board of directors to go to. We don't have people. We don't report to any, any other body. We report to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our CEO and that's it. And they reported everything. And open your Bibles and open your iPhones with me. And verse 29. And now, Lord, take note of their threats. This is what they prayed. Take note of their threats. Grant that thy bondservants may speak your word with all boldness. <laughs> they want to put a ban? Well, we want more power. Verse 13, 31. And when they prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Let me tell you one thing. Fear is not a characteristic of this church. We fear no man. We fear no evil. We fear no authority. We respect the authority. We respect our president. We respect everything that we have as 
citizens of the United States. But when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the only authority that we have. I stand firm. And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Brings tears to my eyes. They were from the very beginning of one heart and from one soul. When they were praying at the very beginning when Jesus left them and went in chapter 1 verse 14. It says, these all with one mind were devoting themselves to prayer. Chapter 2, verse 46. I read it. And day by day, continuing with one mind. Chapter 5, verse 12. Turn with me, 5, verse 12. And at the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were taking place among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's portico. One soul in one mind. The secret of our success, the secret of the success of the work of God is to be in one mind and one soul and to be in one accord. No divisions in the work of God. And that's how the church was born and now how the church continues and continues and it shall continue until we see him face to face. What was the result? 33 to the end, I read it, and with great power, the apostles were giving witnesses to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and abundant grace was upon them, for there was not a needy person among them, for all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales and lay them at the feet of the apostles, and they would be distributed to each as any had need. And Joseph, a Levite, praise God for him, This man is Cypriot by the name of Barnabas. Barnabas, the son of encouragement, who owned a tract of land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the feet of the apostles. And the work of God continued going forward. Forward we shall go. Forward we shall go, fearing no one. No one can put a ban on the church of God. And that church of God shall continue until he comes to take his church to be with him forever and ever. Are you looking forward for that? Church, may the Lord bless you. The second year will start tomorrow. And may God help us to face the attacks of the devil with courage, knowing that God is with us. And knowing that through all these things that happened, We are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Father, we thank you for your blessings upon us. And give us the courage that you gave to this early disciples. And help us, help us, Lord, to follow in their footsteps. To emulate their lives and to continue. And your promise, your promise, your promise is always with us. Ah, lo, I am with you until the end of this age.
bless each and every person. We mention those who couldn't make it today, those who are ill, those who are out of town. And we are thankful that Jessica is here amongst us. How thankful we are. It's a personal thing between me and my prayers to Jessica. Her life is not hers. What she is living for is living for the Lord Jesus Christ. May you bless her tremendously. Bless her parents. Bless each and every one here. And keep us healthy, Lord. And send us to speak your language and preach your gospel. Dismiss us, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.